0: You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. The last time we talked about the letter of Paul to the Colossians and we discussed about what Jesus Christ did on the cross and the supremacy of Jesus and the implication of the gospel in our entire being, in our entire life. This is the message that we have. And last week we talked about Uh, the topic, all and nothing, and we are somehow diverting or shifting to, to mission. And today is the actual mission Sunday. That's why the title is beyond borders. Say beyond borders. borders. Okay. And, uh, last week, it was the initial discussion about the mission because the gospel is such an important component of what we are doing as a church. It is the first and foremost Important thing to us because the gospel is the message of our salvation. You will not be here if Christ did not die on the cross of Calvary. Amen. I remember uh, it was, I think, 1984 when Pastor Steve and uh, Pastor Ricebrook went here in the Philippines together with some campus missionaries and penetrated U-Belt with the gospel. They shared to so many students and that was actually the very root why we have victory today. They were people who left their comfort zone and went here to the Philippines and proclaimed the gospel. And many students were born again. And since that day, up to our generation today, we still remain to be committed to the proclamation of the gospel. And we always say, and we also say to you right now, there are two things that you need in this life, especially if you are a member of Victory. First is a Bible. Say Bible Bible. Bible is the very word of God that is where we can see the story, the message, and the power of our salvation. And that's the gospel. The second is passport. Say passport. Passport. Okay, we need to have our passport. We are saying this because we would like to communicate a very important mission that we have here in victory in every nation as a whole. For your information, we are every nation outside the Philippines, but we are victory here in the Philippines. Why is it that Bible and passport are so important? Because God has tasked us to go and make disciples of all nations. And you cannot do that unless you have a Bible and unless you have a passport. Do you now understand? Very good. So today we are going to talk about God's plan for the gospel. We all receive our salvation from the Lord brought about by Christ's death and resurrection. And it's just right and fitting for us to understand what the gospel is and what's the very plan of God for the gospel so that somehow we can all participate on what God is doing in our time. Amen. Can I just invite you all to stand up right now? And we are all together going to read Romans chapter 10, beginning verse 9 up to 15. One, two, three. bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed and how they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news let's bow down our head lord thank you For giving us divine understanding of your word, not only that we understand it, but for us to internalize the very mission that you have concerning the church. We just honor you and thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Yes, as I said a while ago, we need to have an understanding of God's plan for the gospel. It is not just for us here in the Philippines to be saved, because we were saved by the gospel of Jesus. Now, we are going to talk about the message. What is this message all about that we need to spread? Second is the mission that we have as a church now that we receive Christ. And third, the necessity of the missionary in order to proclaim the gospel. Now, let's go first to number one, say the message. Okay, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the Bible says, If you confess with your mouth, that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved a while ago we had this our holy communion we do it once a month and we always say do this in remembrance of me because that's exactly what the bible says do this in remembrance of me referring to jesus because jesus is the centrality Of the gospel. Without Jesus, there's really no gospel at all. God became man in Christ Jesus, and He died for our salvation. We need to internalize and we need to understand what this really message is really all about. Because if we are to proclaim something, if we are to share something very important to people, you cannot share it unless you understand it. You cannot give something you don't have. You cannot share something you don't understand. And that is pretty much basic. Now, the Bible is saying that this message is all about Jesus Christ, the very reason why we are saved. In verse 10, the Bible says, For with the heart one believes, say, believes, and is justified. So, the heart is so important. If confession is important, The more reason that the heart is important, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. There must be an agreement between what our mouth would say and between and what is in our heart. And the Bible says, for the scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. Now let me ask you this very important question. Who among you are already saved? Can you please raise your hands? I see your hands. Thank you. That means you have the understanding of this message of God's salvation. Because you won't be able to raise your hands if, by, if in all honesty, you don't really understand. And most of the answer that we see to so many people is that, how can I know that I'm already saved since I'm, already, since I'm, since I'm still alive? You know what? It is true that when you are still alive, this is the moment that you should understand that you are saved in Christ Jesus or else you don't really know Him at all. Because if you are already dead and only then that you will find out that you are saved or not, then it's already too late. God has given us a chance for salvation only while we are living. Amen. This is such an important message because it does not only determine our future, it determines our eternity. If you are to look for your friends, and for the first time you are going to share the word of God, what part of God's word are you going to share? That's the question. Certainly you are not there to, to preach or to proclaim or to share about prosperity. The first message that's really so important for them to know, especially if that is the only time that you are going to meet them, is the message of our salvation. Why? Because they will be, you will be held accountable by God with your friends, with those people around you, mingling with them, and yet you fail to proclaim the gospel. And when death has come upon their lives, and they failed to receive Christ, somehow we will be held accountable to them. The message that we have is so important because this is the only message that can transform people's lives. It's the only message that can change people's heart. The only message that can change this nation, regardless of how many presidents we have, I do believe that the hope of this nation is still Jesus Christ. Amen. And the power of the gospel. Yes, there is salvation in Christ Jesus. We we were saved by the grace of God. Now, for us to fully understand what the gospel is, Pastor Ricebrook made a definition of the gospel, which I hope you memorize, but more than memorization, is understanding. What is the gospel? And I would like to invite you to just read it all together so we can internalize it even more. Amen. Okay, can we read it? One, two, three. Amen. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived and died the death we should have died in our place. After three days, He rose again from the dead, proving that He is the Son of God And offering the gift of salvation to all who repent and believe in Him. Yes, in Christ Jesus, we receive the gift of salvation. It means if it is a gift, it is free. It has been said, the best thing in life are free. We receive a gift of salvation. We don't have to pay it. Why? Because Christ already paid for our salvation. Even if you try to pay for your salvation, you can't. Only Jesus Christ possesses the blood without stain, without sin. And His blood is the only blood that is qualified to cleanse us from all of our sins. That is the very message of the gospel. We are helpless. We are hopeless. And we cannot do anything concerning our salvation. Yet God, by His grace, made that salvation available for us. Christ left the comfort zone of heaven and came here and was manifested in the flesh so that He could die on the cross of Calvary so that He could offer us this free gift of salvation that all we have to do is to receive it for us to have it. How to receive it? You confess from your heart that Jesus Christ is your Lord. That is the way to accept it. Amen. That is why at the end, usually of the preaching, there's what you call altar call and sinner's prayer. We ask people to repeat after the preacher, to repeat after us. It's it's a a repentance prayer. And at the same time, we call it sinner's prayer because the confession of the mouth is so important more so is the faith that's in the heart. Now, allow me to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Paul says to the Corinthians, Now I remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you, which re- you receive, in which you stand. Okay, Paul preached the gospel to them. And by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. Now, the gospel is the message of God's salvation. And we have to remember, it's not just a story. Yes, it is a good story, but it's not just a mere story. It is a message of God's salvation. So many preachers can preach the word of God but not necessarily preaching the gospel. The gospel must always be part of the word of God or else all other things will lose its sense. Because from Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus Christ. It's all about the gospel, the plan of God's salvation for men. Even if I'm I'm going to preach here prosperity, even if I'm going to preach here about healing, even if I'm going to preach about good life, unless I incorporate on the message... The very heart of the Bible that is the gospel. Christ died, rose again from the dead, and gave us hope and salvation. My preaching is nothing is useless. Because the only thing that matters from Genesis to Revelation is the very message of the gospel and Christ is the, is the centrality of the gospel. Amen. Now let me read in first Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3. For I delivered to you. As of first importance, what I also receive that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. Now we have to internalize this truth so we can pass it on also to others the way Paul received it from the one who shared the word to him. Now, if we have a friends, office mates, classmates, okay, neighborhood, even enemies, okay, if we are to share the word of God, we are not supposed to be ashamed. Paul gave us an example in Romans 1.16 by saying, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek." We said a while ago that it is the power of God for salvation, the gospel. But now we are saying it is also the power of God, not just a message, but the power of God. So the story that some people would just consider as a mere story is not just an ordinary story at all, because it is the power of God unto salvation. Listen to me very carefully. One cannot be saved and cannot say he has faith in God unless... He hears the gospel. Why? Because faith comes only by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Unless the person hears the gospel, he won't be able to understand what really salvation really means. It is the Holy Spirit that takes the initiative to open our spiritual eyes for us to understand the very word of God. Because the word of God is a spiritual. And it takes the Holy Spirit to make us understand it. Amen. That's why we need to hear the word, because it is through the proclamation of God's word that the Holy Spirit moves in the lives of people so that their eyes would be open and for them to understand that they have salvation in Christ Jesus. That's why the very gospel of Jesus is very, very powerful. And it says that no matter how sinful you think you are, no matter what you have done in the past, the blood of jesus is more than enough to cleanse you from all of your sins and if anyone is in christ he is a new creation the oldest gun behold the new has come amen. amen now that we receive and understand the gospel we need to pass it on and that is our mission as a church not only as a church but as individual believers, we have obligation to proclaim the gospel of the Lord. Regardless of the listeners, regardless of the race, color, nationality, we have the obligation to proclaim the gospel to them. In verse 12, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all. Say, Lord of all. Jesus is Lord, not just of the Filipinos, not just of the Americans, not just of the Canadians. He is the Lord of all. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Christ died for everyone. Christ died for your loved ones. Even though they are not yet saved today, Christ died for them. And they need to hear the message that you heard, the very reason why you can say, you are saved. And we have that obligation. And that is our mission. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Regardless of what they believe right now, regardless of who they are, And where they came from, regardless of their background, everyone, regardless of their religious affiliation, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In every nation, we embrace that mission from the Lord, that great commission of God. That's why in every nation we have this mission statement which I would like us again to read all together because this is so important. Okay, one, two, three. To honor God, establish, Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. Actually, if I'm going to expound on this, it would take me three hours because that's the class that we have. But I'm just going to say to you in 30 seconds, (laughs) Christ-centered is because Jesus is the author of life and the author of our salvation. Spirit-empowered because we believe that the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers us to proclaim the gospel that touches people's hearts. Third, socially responsible. We are responsible to what is happening around us, and we care for them. And we say every nation, it's because it's not just here in the Philippines. We proclaim the gospel, and we want the gospel to spread. To the, to, the, to, to the four corners of the, of the world. Amen. We embrace such mission. Why? Because it is aligned to the very great commission of the Lord. In Matthew 28, 19-20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, not just the Philippines, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Christ said to His disciples, I am with you always. In what sense that Christ said this to His disciples, that is in the context of going and making disciples, I am with you. Meaning, if we are to fulfill this great commission by the help of the Holy Spirit, I am with you. We are together in this cause. We are together in this mission. That's why God's Holy Spirit is available for each and every one of us. Part of the Great Commission is in Mark chapter 16. In verse 15, it says, and he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now, just to see our context a little bit, more than looking on the other nations, have you tried sharing the word of God even to your neighbor? Have you tried sharing the word of God to your classmates? You know what? Every one of us is actually, every one of us is a missionary. In such a way that we are to proclaim the gospel to your own Jerusalem, to your own family, to your own Judea, to your neighbor, to your Samaria out there. And to so many people that we know. Not only that we wait for the opportunity if necessary. Let's create that opportunity to share the word of God. Now as a church. As a church. We embrace that mission of going to different parts of the world. Because we would like somehow to leave the Philippines. We would like to live by the, by the meaning of our name. Philippines came from the name of King Philip of Spain. Going, We are reviewing our history, okay? Now, King Philip's name came from Philip the Evangelist in the book of Acts. It means the Philippines is the Evangelist of Asia and even of the world. So we, leave, we have to live by our name, Philippines. No wonder... Why there are so many domestic helpers, so many OFWs outside. It appears that we are slaves, but the fact is God was just fulfilling, is just fulfilling the great commission in the lives of the Filipinos. It appears to be accidental. It appears to be like a punishment, but God works for the good of those who love Him to those who are called according to His purpose. Amen. We are called as well to be a missionary. And we are to send missionaries. If you are not called to go. Then we can send. That's why our church. Our church as a movement. Is committed. To send missionaries. From different parts of the world. So we can contribute to the great commission of God. In the universal church of Jesus. In verse 14. The Bible says. How then they will call on him. on whom In whom they have not believed. And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? The requirement for a person to have salvation is to believe on Jesus. But how can the people believe if they have not heard the gospel? And how is that possible if there's no one would go there to preach the word. Now, we take that responsibility now upon our shoulders. We receive salvation. We need to freely give. We started in a humble beginning. Even, here, even, even this church, we started in Westgate. And every volunteer would just contribute a cement, contribute a carpet. It was a humble beginning. And I should say that if there is one particular reason why god somehow has blessed us we know it's by grace that we that we are blessed amen but i believe one significant contribution is that our faithfulness to the great commission of the lord because he said go into all the world go and make disciples i am with you always to the very end of the age what What does it mean? I am with you. I am with you to provide the things that you need. I am with you to call people and fulfill the great commission. I am with you to provide all the necessary resources so that you are empowered to send missionaries. Amen. That's the meaning of I am with you. I will protect you. I will give you the joy as you do that very thing that I have called you to do. Now, during the time of Christ's earthly ministry, we can see a very example of how we are supposed to do it in the Lord's context of just a local mission. In Luke chapter 10, beginning verse 1 and 2, we we can read this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 ordinary disciples. Okay, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. This is already somehow an, ex, an example of mission. Okay, He's, He chose ordinary disciples and sent them two by two, where the Bible says, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Now you see the word there highlighted, Sent say sent. In Greek word it means apostelo. It means to send someone on a mission, to deliver a message. It is where we get the word apostle. You see, God chooses people whom to go. And He blesses them. And you know what? Those people chosen to go must cooperate and voluntarily, or I should say, willingly give their service and say yes to God. That's why it is apostello. It was sent with a blessing from the Lord and people are willing to go. But allow me to just read to you verse 2, also using the word sent, however, has a different Greek word meaning. Okay? In verse 2 it says, And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out, laborers into his harvest field. Now, let's look at the Greek word of that. It means ekbalo. Not apostello, but ekbalo. And what does it mean? Also means to drive out, force out. Drive out, force out. Now, let me explain to you a little bit the very difference of it. We know that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, God has called His people... To be his witnesses. And he even said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What's the reason? Because you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Unfortunately, they just loved to stay in Jerusalem and they refused to scatter. They were not somehow faithful with the mandate that they received from God. They just stayed in Jerusalem. It's just like staying in Alabang and refuses to plant a church in some other cities. Okay? That somehow, Jerusalem somehow is is like their Alabang. Oh, it's good here in Alabang. Let's just stay here. Let's no longer plant church in Paranaque. Let's not plant church in Las Pinas. Let's just stay here in Alabang because, you know, we have a wonderful facilities right here. And it's better for us to just meet together here in this place and it is inside the mall. It's all so convenient to eat. Right after the service, you can easily run to Jollibee. No problem. So let's not scatter anymore. Let's not plant a church anymore. That was the attitude. Let's just stay here in Jerusalem. God gave them a mandate in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, to go to the ends of the earth. But because of their stubbornness, this is what happened. Acts 8-1, exactly opposite of Acts 1-8. And Saul approved of his execution, referring to Stephen. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Could you imagine the number one hindrance? The ones that actually hindered them from going to the ends of the earth, were the apostles. Could you imagine? That's why I'm asking you also pray for us, pastors. So we won't be the hindrance in scattering the word of God to different towns and cities and even of the world. There, God allowed a great persecution. God even allowed the death of Stephen. Now, listen to me very carefully. This is now the difference with the Ekbalo and the Apostem. God created this scenario of great persecution because they refused to scatter. They were forced out. Ekbalo. They were forced out. They were moved out because God's agenda must prevail and must happen. Go and make disciples. Of all nations, not just of Jerusalem, but all nations of the world. You know what? Saul was actually actually Paul. That was his previous name. St. Paul. So, Saul, that was his name before. And he was the one responsible for persecuting the believers. They had this Operation Tokhang. You know? Operation Tokang they would go around knock the door of the houses and look for addicts of God's word and put them all in prison okay and so happened that Stephen was so faithful in proclaiming the gospel and you know how how Stephen died do you have any idea how Stephen died he was killed not by General Bato but by Bato so, ng bato. siya okay? That's why there was a, such a great persecution that they could not do anything but to scatter. It appears to be an act of the enemy, but it's something that God allowed. They were driven out. They were, let's say, let's they, they were kicked out. Wow, what a word, kicked out, so that somehow they would fulfill the great commission of the lord if there's one thing that we can learn from this is this if the church does not go to be sent that is apostello he will drive them out and that is ekbalo, in order to fulfill the great commission that is why as a church we are committed to send missionaries abroad we have our long term missionaries. We have our short term missionaries. Long term sem- missionaries started as short termers, 10 days. What these short termers do whenever they go to different nations of the world, first they pray. They pray for the nation, they pray for the culture, they pray for the people. Then they share the gospel to people. The difficulty is that if the nation is so restricted, then It takes really wisdom from God on how to share the gospel. They get the number of these people, the contact numbers of these people, so that the next 10 days would do is to follow up these people. And out of these 10 missionaries, once they step their foot on the land, many of them would feel that they are called to be a long-term missionaries. That is why our short-term missionaries are being trained even before they go. They are being trained, there must be victory group leaders or small group leaders before they are to be set. They are supposed to know what the gospel is by heart. They are being trained on regarding the culture of the nations where they are supposed to go. We are equipping them. And you know what? It takes a lot of resources to do everything until you send them out. And some of those 10 days missionaries would like to stay to where they were sent because they felt God has called them into those places. Church, this is the very heart of God. Christ came to seek and to save the lost. Christ's business is also our business. And he is in the business of soul winning. It is a soul winning business that until Jesus Christ comes back again, he would like. To see us all busy doing this kind of business. Amen. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 16 to 17. Behold, I am sending you out as a ship in the midst of wolves. Christ was somehow prophesying to the disciples. And in a way speaking to our generation as well. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men. For they will deliver you over the courts and flag you in their synagogues. Our missionaries are putting themselves at risk to the nation where we are sending them, especially those restri- restricted nations. But here we are, we are in a very comfortable seats. Can we contribute to the hardship, to the cost of the gospel in the lives of our missionaries? Certainly, yes, we can contribute because that's the very heart of God. Christ, after His resurrection, He went to the disciples in a particular room. And He said this to them in John 20, verse 20 to 22. When He had said this, He showed them His hands and His side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Why is it that the Lord showed His hands and His side? What's the rational behind it? Because His hands... There was a mark of the nail that was put on his hands. There was a spear that penetrated his side. What does it mean? Christ was saying, I suffered first for the cause of man's salvation. I paid the highest sacrifice. I paid your salvation by my precious blood. And it took me to die on the cross so that I could provide this salvation and people would understand this message of salvation. And then he said to his disciple, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me. Apostelok. Even so, I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. He mandated His disciples. As Christ was sent, He was actually sending them. Church, the lives of our missionaries, because they were called into that place. We may not all be called into, into different nations of the world. But we can support them. We can help them. We cannot do this as a church without the divine backup of the Holy Spirit and without the people of God supporting with all of their heart. The question now is, after hearing this and knowing that this is part of what is in the heart of God, how can each of us be a blessing to the nations? Allow me to share three things. First, in Mark sixteen fifteen, God is asking us to go. People who are called to go, who have a heart for the nations, start praying right now. Because out of that seed of desire, the Lord can bless that desire. And when you allow yourselves to be discipled, then you'll have a bigger understanding of what the gospel is and how it can be shared and how to bring this gospel to the nations of the world. If God is calling you to go, then we just have to respond. It's better to be apostello than ikbalo. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15. We can participate in the area of giving, just like what happened to St. Paul. That the only church that really supported him is the Macedonian churches. And yet, he was able to do it because of the support of these generous people. We can also participate in giving by giving financially to these missionaries, to the cause of the gospel, because it takes so much expenses to just hold the ropes for them. They are risking their lives, but they are also expecting at the same time that we will hold the ropes for them through our financial givings. Third, we can always pray. If you cannot give, if you cannot go, at least you can pray. My house will be called a house of prayer. We are the house of God, and every one of us can contribute in prayer. But if you are in a position... To bless these missionaries. I encourage you. Let us all support them. What is in the heart of Jesus? He said to them in John 4.34. My food is to, do, is to do the will of him. Who sent me. And to accomplish his work. Christ became the greatest missionary. He provided us an example So that we can all follow that example to communicate to us that salvation of every soul is so important regardless of the race and color. Jesus is the greatest missionary who went, who prayed, and who gave for the salvation of nations. He left his comfort zone and came down here on earth. He died a horrible death in order to save mankind. Church, God is not asking us to die also on the cross because He already did it. God is just asking us as His representative, as His ambassador here on earth to continue the mandate that the first disciples received from God to go and make disciples of all nations. If you cannot go, you can give. If you cannot give, you can pray. And we can all do that together as a church. Amen. Let's bow down our head. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, God, for giving us understanding of why we need to send missionaries abroad, of why we need to proclaim the gospel. Thank you, God, for the first campus missionaries that you have sent to the Philippines in the life of Pastor Ricebrook and Pastor Steve Murrell, sharing the gospel to the students And eventually, those students became leaders and pastors of the church. And now we are here. We are part of this church. Because they were people who sacrificed. Lord, today we are in a place that we already receive your salvation. Freely we receive. We must freely give. We may not all be tasked to go. But certainly, we can do something so that we can, we can continue the mission that you have given to the church. I ask you, Father, right now, to touch everyone's heart. First, we thank you for the salvation that we receive. And we come to you in prayer. We ask you, Father, to bless our missionaries, especially those who are suffering under persecution. We join our faith together and we say, Lord, bless our missionaries, Lord, especially our missionaries on restricted nations. Whatever would be they are experiencing right now, Lord, let your grace be sufficient for them. Thank you, Jesus. Give us a heart to be part of the cause of the gospel. In the name of Jesus, amen.